I make the batter. <laughs> Gotta get it to taste just right. <laughs> Can you turn our volume up just a touch? We're a little quiet. You didn't let it do the ting to ting ting to ting. It landed in my lap. Well, then do the ting to ting ting. There we go. <laughs> it rolled off the table into my lap. <laughs> God damn it. What a day. What a day. What a day. Didn't even start with songs. Started with chicken parmesan jerk off jokes. <laughs> a lot of things learned today. No mistakes were made. Uh, Not on our part. They were made, I was going to say the morning started out kind of rough. They were, made, they were made on the part of the dog. But we'll get to it. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the duchess who doth not care about your deadlines, Kristen Pennington. <laughs> no fucks given. Not a single one. So what did we do today, Kristen? Uh, we did not film. Did not film a goddamn thing. And a lot of people out there are going to be like, guys, you're already behind schedule. To which I'll say, you're goddamn right we're behind schedule. I don't know if you noticed, the whole world's falling apart. Um, but my world started falling apart this morning very early. As in, you know when you're like in that hazy, like in-between area? Um, the dog started throwing up all over the bed. And that's not a way you want to get out of bed. It's yeah. not, it's not, I'm glad I was already yeah. out of the bed because he threw up on my side. <laughs> that's not how you want your Sunday morning to go. Jax threw up in four locations on one bed. And I was in that bed. So Kristen's sitting out here because she woke up earlier than I did, and she likes to let me sleep in because it's my first day off. And she just gets, fuck, God damn it! no, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Somebody is about to die. <laughs> which started a train of events, uh, which pushed our shoot schedule back four whole hours. And by the time we could shoot, it was time to start doing this. So shit happens. Shit happens. But was it a waste of time today, Kristen Pennington? Not at all. Did we learn some things today, learned Kristen Pennington? Learned a few Pennington? things. Probably. What did we learn today, Kristen Pennington? So, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to give this away, but I guess I will because the film's going to be out soon anyway. Um, Brett and I have a scene where the computer has to type for itself. Yep. And uh, we were definitely like, oh, like, ooh, how are we going to figure gonna... this out? Am I just going to shoot it in close-ups? You only see the screen. But then that's kind of obvious. Somebody's just typing on the Underneath keyboard the, below. You need the whole shot almost where you can't even see what's being typed. Yeah. So uh, I definitely overthought this. I was like, fuck, how are we going to pull this off? I own a desktop that has a wireless mouse. And uh turns out if you just plug that mouse into... The uh, laptop, <laughs> the laptop recognizes that there's a, uh, oh, I said mouse, I meant keyboard. Yeah. Uh, the laptop recognizes that there's a wireless keyboard, and then you can just unplug the keyboard and type whatever the fuck you want from wherever <laughs> the fuck you want. So if you, you too need a laptop typing its own shit, um, get you a wireless keyboard. Wireless keyboard, because it works perfectly. I mean... We're basically showing the magic trick before, or explaining the magic trick before showing it to you, uh, which I'm fine with because we're going to do it again here in a second with an even cooler fucking story. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that got us thinking, I guess, this morning about practical effects pretty early. And our mm-hmm. whole day today has basically been learning about practical effects. It's on top of needing some sort of a trick to make the keyboard work, which it's pretty easy when you've got Apple products and, you know, you can sync them together and, and go that route. Yeah, that was something we already had, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, no money had to be spent on that one. No money had to be spent on that one. But how much do you think one should spend on reusable straws if you had to ballpark it? Pack uh, of four. I spent like $4 on those. And how much would you venture to guess one could buy compressed air for i already saw your post i know that was four dollars as well so right now (laughs) we're working a budget of eight dollars on this film uh, that we've had to spend out of shit that we don't already have here in the apartment um and we figured out how to do blood spray that looks convincingly like somebody's being shot god damn right and it was not a small task we started this morning we knew that we wanted to use the straws and we knew we needed the blood to be in the straws and we knew that we had to hit the far side of the bathtub just for we don't have a laboratory to test this in. we have a bathroom we live in a one-bedroom apartment 
So, um, my original thought process was we already had the corn syrup, we already yeah. had the chocolate syrup, we already had the food coloring to make the blood, and my original thought process was um, specifically reusable straws because I have a kit of stuff that I keep after we kind of yeah. like figure out a technique. So I you can never re- know when yeah. it's going to work again later. Yeah, you don't know if you're going to need it again later. So. Build the toolbox. <laughs> applies to your writers as well. And also they're more durable and the uh, hole in them is a little bit wider than mm-hmm. and just a little traditional plastic straw. Yeah, and you can bend them and do all different kinds yeah. of Yeah, so my thought process was uh, Brett was brave enough to suck the blood up into the straw. Yeah, I, I don't just, give a shit. <laughs> I just spoon poured blood into the straw mm-hmm. and we were going to dart gun blow <laughs> The Two straws at once. Out of these straws, and it was going to look so cool. It didn't look bad. I mean, the first the first go around <laughs> was terrible because it was basically all just the corn syrup. Yeah, the and problem it was with way that... too gunky. And there's I've, there's a hilarious video on my Facebook page where Kristen gives it her all, and she just gets like one little that <laughs> yeah. falls directly onto the yeah, bathtub. It goes straight floor. down. <laughs> the problem with that is um, you have to make the blood a thinner consistency yeah. to get the air to go to go yeah so you can splatter it and uh our first attempt was terrible because the blood was the same consistency Mm -hmm. you would probably normally make fake blood at and then we thinned it out so much that it didn't look quite real yeah it started turning purple it started running way too it was way too watery Mm -hmm. so super super failed attempt on my initial idea and then i went and spent god knows how long uh, watching clips about practical effects. I went down a wormhole for what <laughs> felt like two hours today, uh, learning all different kinds of shit. I'm going to teach you guys a trick here in a minute that I learned <laughs> and I can't wait to try later. Um, but every video that I, I could find on blood splatter needed like an old fire extinguisher filled with compressed air, needed, you know, like a potato gun with a blood capsule in the middle of it. There were very inventive ways to do it, but we're trying to shoot this in our living room, so I can't exactly set up a potato gun in the living room and start shooting the walls of the apartment that we're renting. <laughs> you don't want to blast a hole into it? Exactly. But we got to talking when you got out of the shower about how cool it would be to like have an air compressor and like do this, that, the other thing. And Kristen goes, compressed air. We just need compressed air. Which, you know, she's, she's taken this larger concept now, something that we know will work. And has made it on a minimum scale, like a fucking sixth grade science project. <laughs> so I went back to the store. It was second trip of the day. Don't give a shit about the virus anymore. I'm dying on the inside. And I'm sure it's a long gone thing of the past by the time you guys are hearing us. There's no way that a second wave has occurred. So we go back to the grocery store, buy some compressed air from the lady who tells me it's locked up like fucking, you know, Vicodin. So the, <laughs> the type of compressed air we're talking about is literally just like what you clean your keyboard yeah. with. Yeah, and I guess they like hide it because people huff it. But if you ask the people at Walmart, you know, in the electronics section, they'll sell you like this big ass canister of compressed air for four fucking dollars. I almost bought two of them because I didn't know how much of this shit we were going to use. <laughs> I said, no, we need some in reserve for the future. But no, that, that's not a COVID panic buy. <laughs> <laughs> no COVID panic buy. Stock come, up on compressed stock air. Stock up on compressed air. Uh, so we do that. And I come back to the apartment and we take the blood at the right consistency, the one that we like, the one that we used in Happy Birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, put that in the straw. Still had to suck it into the straw. Still haven't figured out a suction version for this story. <laughs> Kristen holds up the compressed air thing to the back of that reusable straw, gives it a spurt, and it looks like fucking blood spray from a gunshot wound. Like, dead <laughs> the fuck on. It's got inner drops are really condensed, outer drops are really thin. It, it's fucking brilliant what we so, managed to pull off I, it's some... probably yeah probably small scale if you're out there making money doing this shit but we we nobody ever taught us how to do that like we and learned how to do that two today. attempts we figured it out today exactly so get you some reusable straws some compressed air to clean your keyboard with yep. make you some fake blood and squirt squirt you're good to go eight dollars motherfucker and you've got blood spray you can spray your friends with it if you need them to be sprayed with it like if they're a bystander but I also figured out today, I know, I'm excited. I, I, Kristen bought me a birthday present. It's fucked my whole afternoon. 
<clears throat> Happy things happened. Oh, no. I know. Um, what was the birthday present, you might be asking? <laughs> uh, Kristen got me a poster for No Country for Old Men, and it's fucking awesome. You <laughs> bought it on Etsy, so it's like yeah. it looks like old newspaper. It's got sugar. It's got friendo. It's the coin toss scene the coin that toss you're a fan scene, of. Uh, my favorite scene uh, from my favorite movie, and you're awesome, and sugar is the best badass that's ever <laughs> lived. But... I'm flying right now. Brett's in a manic state. I know. Happy things have happened. Bring me down. Oh, Put no. me back on track. We're only 10 minutes you in. Suck. I feel You're like the I've worst thing everything. ever. I know. <laughs> no, so. Uh, That's how I know you love me. <laughs> you're still here, even though you know I'm such a terrible person. So, your stunt trick that you learned the My, $1. Yeah. There's. Oh, for those of you not in the industry, <laughs> there's a thing called a squib. You know, you can make squibs out of all different kinds of things. The, you know, expensive ones that they use in the Hollywood movies, you know, they explode um, underneath the shirt. And there's ways to get them to, to work. Like you can hook up a condom and a washer that holds the condom and then you pull the string and the condom explodes. Or you know, There's a thousand ways to go about making a squib. Um, but I don't like buying condoms. Like, there's, like, a weird thing about that. Like, I, the first pack of condoms I ever bought, there was, like, this 86-year-old lady behind the counter with a cross on her neck, and that has fucked me up. Traumatized you Yeah, traumatized life. me forever. Brett's doing like, naughty things. It's like, I'll, I'll catch chlamydia before I have to talk to that 86-year-old ex-nun working at Walgreens. <laughs> and um, mm. so I'm, I'm not a big fan of those. But you know, I, there are self-checkouts. There are now, but there weren't when I was fucking 16. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I am comfortable, however, buying sandwich bags because I am a good Christian boy and I do eat sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ziploc uh, sandwich bags are called Ziplocs because they have that little zipper mechanism on the top of them. And I learned today that you can duct tape that to your body, get the little zipper bag filled with blood, and then you tape string or like fishing line to the zip part of the Ziploc bag. So you want it facing inward and you want that zipper to be up top. You fill it full of blood, you strap it to yourself, you run that string down your clothes to your foot. You tape it to your foot so that when the quote unquote gunshot happens and you're doing your natural stumble back motion, your foot moves, it tugs down the zipper, it releases the bag and you have your squib. So you have gunshot without having to buy exploding squibs for underneath your shirt. And there was a little demo of it online. It actually looked pretty cool. It looked great. Like if you caught that from the side, like it doesn't create a hole, you know, in the mm -hmm. shirt. So you might have to come up with some sort of, a, you know, after effects, cutting the shot together to, to clean that up. But. Or if you're just doing a low budget film and that's the best you got. I that's mean, the best you got. It's a practical effect yeah, that you can pull off. You can off. stab somebody on the other side of the room. I'm not going to know that there's no hole in the shirt if you cut away from it fast enough. And you, all you've spent is what you spend on Ziploc bags, which I'd guess 7 $8 maybe for a pack of those motherfuckers. And did, all uh, the shit you need to make blood, which comes out to maybe 10 bucks. Again, $20, you've got a squib shot. If you did a knife wound and it was like a retractable knife, you could have the person stab, quote-unquote, yeah. stab the knife and like... The knife, the butt of the knife would be covering the wound spot anyway, so then you'd have the blood trickling down, and then later you could just have them change into a shirt that's got a hole cut in it. Exactly. <laughs> or cut a hole in the shirt real quick. Cut a hole in between shots. Yeah. Hold the retractable knife. All right, cool. Let's cut a hole in that shirt with a pair of scissors. All right, cool. You know, knife back into the thing. Step backwards. <laughs> Let's go. You're all good to go. <laughs> God damn. So yeah, today's just all been about practical effects. We learned a lot about ways to do blood i've determined or i'm determined that i'm gonna have to go online and buy um like a starter set to like learn how to make fake limbs like i'm obsessed with this concept all your creepy little prosthetics yeah you're gonna come home one day and i'm gonna shop yeah. of horrors <laughs> i'm gonna have like a prosthetic over my eye and then like a fake eye dangling down the mm. other side of my face i'll be like kristen mm. i know oh god <laughs> i did i threw it away um 
I think at the end of the year, but I did briefly have a, because I took a special effects makeup class, I did a plaster mold of my face. Mm -hmm. So I had an actual mold of my face, and the whole (laughs) point of that was so you could do weird shit like that. So if you wanted to do like a mold for something to cover your eyes. You still have that thing? No, I got rid of it. Um, Why? Because it it didn't turn out great to begin with, and like the edges um, had kind of broken Mm -hmm. as the semester had worn on, so it wasn't really a full face mold anymore. And uh, I, I just figured if I was going to use it for anything, it'd be better to just do it again. Yeah. So that was a pain in the ass, though. I hated that. Like, because they cover your mouth and everything, and literally just your nose holes you are gotta, the like, only thing. You got to, like, breathe through straws. <laughs> well, we didn't use straws, but you're, like, literally your mm-hmm. nose holes. Not your nose. Your nose holes are the only thing not What covered. other part of your nose do you breathe no, on? No, no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying. It's your like, nostrils? No, your I'm nose saying, holes? I'm just saying. It's not like <laughs> what they... What was it you said before we started recording? Up. I'm just saying, it's not it's like, like you're a, home. It's not like, it's like stop a, it's talking. A, it's stop a documentary talking. in a book. It's called a biography. Shut up. Love. No, I'm just saying, it's not like your whole nose is uncovered or whatever. Like, even like the little strip in between your mm. nostrils, like they put whatever it is that they use for that on there, too. So, yeah. like, it's just wildly uncomfortable because you're like, I feel like I'm seconds away from being suffocated <laughs> to death. Like, you can't open your eyes or anything. Your eyes are covered. So. Yeah, very uh, horribly uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. I hated it, and it has to set on your face for like twenty minutes, I think. And I'm just like, oh god, I'm gonna die. (laughs) And whatever the material um, or whatever the active ingredient is that's in it, um, you have to put like a protective barrier between your skin and the moisture. Well, it heats up, so it Mm -hmm. feels like your face is starting to get hot, and I'm just like, it's cooking me alive. Never do that high. Never. You'll fucking. You will not have a good time. You're gonna be freaking out. I hate it. I have a cool picture of it on my Facebook. I think of the mold on my face, but it, it was a miserable experience. I will not be in a hurry to do that again. But the point was, at one point, I could have done weird shit to cover my eyes. Well, I want to learn how to do it. <laughs> like it looks so cool. I don't know fuck all about makeup. I know a little bit about paint to like do a decent enough painting like there's one of my paintings hanging up in the apartment but there's only one of my paintings hanging up in the apartment if that makes sense <laughs> I like your but there's like levels of like artistic shit and like engineering that goes into these practical effects and mm-hmm. these you know special effects makeup that I've, I've always been interested in because I love horror films but I've never dived into it I want to know how to make like the gut shot wound or like the you know the intestines hanging out are all condoms but there's a way to color them so mm-hmm. that you know they don't they don't look like condoms you know? <laughs> i think the first one i ever did for my makeup class was uh the joker like style like lips yeah. being ripped open on either side and that was with uh latex and toilet paper of all things like nice uh like the tissue gives it that like texture mm-hmm. so it kind of like is raised up and looks like like torn flesh almost yeah. so it was it, an interesting well, learning experience well it's like with the compressed air thing i think what intrigues me about that type of stuff is you want to create this effect here are ways other people have done it you could do it that way but you could find a new way to do it like you could dick around with this concept until you create what you create and it never looks the same like i think they ate and don't quote me on this because this is you know i haven't looked into this in years but i think they were eating i know they were eating actual meat in night of the living dead like the the classic romero one um i want to say it was like link sausages so like they had that organy effect when the zombies would go in, and it had the same sound, mm-hmm. you know. But it was black and white, and you could kind of fuck with the way I feel things moved. Like that would probably moved. ruin sausage for me after that. Yeah, I would yeah, probably yeah. never eat sausage again. <laughs> um, I was, I'm all over the world right now. Um, <laughs> I was gonna reference Freaks as well. Like if you've ever seen the original Freaks, it's all circus, quote unquote, freaks. Mm-hmm. Like they hired those guys to do these shots, so they didn't have to come up with like the makeup and shit. Like they just grabbed those dudes and they're you like, "Oh, weird, come be yeah, in my we, movie." We need the bearded woman for this scene, and so they just got a bearded woman. Or we need a torso guy for this shot, and so they got torso guy. You know, <laughs> it's kind of. I mean, that's neat for them. Yeah. I guess that they had 
uh, extra income, I guess. But at the same time, I'd feel kind of bad if they're like, you look like a freak, come <laughs> so, be in my yeah. movie. Well, freak at the time was, you know, not a derogatory term. It's just what you called them. I don't know what to call them, and I'm, that's why I say quote-unquote freaks. <laughs> I have no idea what the term is right now. Uh, uncomfortable to be around people? That's politically mm-hmm. incorrect. I know. <laughs> <sighs> but here I am. I, I'm... I'm I'm excited. It was a fun day. Like we, I, bla- I felt like a fucking kid. We were <laughs> hanging out in the bathroom. It was awesome. And we were and both just like, holy outside. shit, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a present. You I'm did. happy. Love you. I love you. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> no, we have other I'm losing steam. I, that conversation was supposed to take 40 minutes. What are we at? 20. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble when I took my first breath at 10. I was like, I'm having a manic. You're you're pulling a me, just blowing through Just flying through all my notes. Kristen has no No, notes. No, we have the next short. We do have the next short. We're going to talk about the show we've been watching. We have other stuff. Which one do you want to do first? Uh, Let's do the show we've been watching. Okay, cool. Uh, By the time you guys hear this, this is probably going to be Old Hat and all the other podcasts you listen to. Probably already told you about it. Um... But Duncan Trussell's The Midnight Gospel might be the best thing I've seen this year outside of Happy Birthday, which you can find <laughs> on YouTube.com slash Nightmare <laughs> The fucking, that show melted my mind. First off, uh, if you've never done drugs, do not watch this show. You are not ready. <laughs> you won't get it. You won't get it. Uh, second off, if you've done too many drugs... Maybe the first three episodes you can get away with. <laughs> the, At least have a beer. Yeah. The final episode of this show. The final twice. two. Yeah. I mean, the final two are both brilliant. Um, I think it's seven and eight. I think it's an eight-part series. Um, so seven, you know, is... Spoiler alert, if you're not seeing this, skip forward like five fucking minutes and make sure we're not still, you know, on the topic. But... Number seven's about, like, the death of his father, and number eight's about the death of his mother. And number eight is an interview with his mother three weeks before she passed away. It's heartbreaking. She's a psychologist, and she's walking her son. Like, Duncan Trussell, if you don't know him, he does Duncan Trussell's Family Hour. Um, It's a great show, but he's one of, like, Ram Dass' disciples kind of guy. Uh, very Eastern religion, did a lot of acid when he was a kid, still does a lot of acid. Don't think he's ever going to stop doing acid. He's very, you know, outlandish as a person. He's a great dude to listen to. Um, but he has this heartbreaking yet comforting conversation with his mother on the show. Which his mother had cancer yeah. and had been battling it for like four years. And they told her when she first got diagnosed, she had like... A couple of months Yeah, like to six weeks or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I've, I've, I've been living on six-week increments. <laughs> yeah, so, like, she knew she was going to die eventually. Yeah. And they'd both been kind of trying to come to terms with that for years. And they have this conversation, which, you know, I hope it brought Duncan true, you know, inner peace about mm-hmm. that concept. But based on this episode, it, it had to have, uh, at least by now. But... That's playing while you're watching like this crazy, twisted, acid world, and I I almost cried. I've I cried twice. If it doesn't <laughs> win like an Academy Award, I might physically assault somebody. <laughs> I don't think it's an Academy Award for animation. I think they get a different award. Well, they sure. they deserve an Academy Award. Like it, it was beautiful just stunning you know and it wasn't just because i was drunk (laughs) (laughs) no the whole show is actually a really cool concept because he takes snippets from i'm assuming podcast episodes he's already done yeah the duncan trussell family hour yeah like with all of these people and then i guess he had to have had them come back and like do just like a couple well, of lines. We couldn't do that with his mom. Well, yeah. Which means that is entirely out of that show. Yeah, so yeah, that episode is entirely from his mom. But there are a couple of other characters, like the seventh episode, one of the characters plays death and she references 
him as his character's name, Clancy, a couple of times, yeah. and then she like references herself as death. So I'm assuming some of these people that he had on his podcast came back and just did little voiceover snippets for these characters. Well, my created. favorite one where I think they definitely had to go back was she calls him Duncan, and it's then like, the whole Duncan? podcast like hits a screeching halt, and he goes, my name's Clancy. No, no I guess who's Duncan? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's not on all of them. But there's a couple of them where the characters are very specific to yeah. whatever the episode is, so you can tell those people probably did some extra voiceover work. But for the most part, the entire show is based off of a comic, a conversation he was having with these people mm-hmm. on his podcast, and then they've created this crazy elaborate animation to, like... Whatever the topic was. Yeah, very and, psychedelic. It's yeah. done by the guy who did Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. It's all directed by him. So, and, and it's a very beautiful show. Like, I will say some of the episodes are better than other ones. Yeah, but... don't just watch the first one. The first one feels very manic. The second one starts to get in, and I think by like three or four, you, you can kind of understand what's going on. If I had to gauge it based yeah. on my own experience. It's a like beautifully done show mm-hmm. like the animation style the color the like conversations the, that they're having yeah you know like you fall into this meditative space which i think is what he was shooting for you're like sometimes you're blown away and then you have to like fall back into the conversation but the show doesn't like panic you you know if you are only able to keep up with what's happening on screen you can still follow the overall arc of both the conversation and the story i think for me the dog deer one was the hardest to follow because it was such an active episode i yeah. was like Holy crap. Like, there's so much happening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the person that he was talking to was also manic. Mm -hmm. We were like, she's on mushrooms. It was, (laughs) I can't remember the lady's name, but um, they had Ragu Mark. God damn it. He's the host of the Ramdas podcast. If you want to go listen to old Ramdas lectures and stuff, I can't remember it, but if you type in Ramdas and search it, it'll pop up. And it's run by uh, Ragu Mark or Ragu Martin. It, it, it's an M name. And he's on that show as well. And uh, very smart dude. He's another one of Ramdas's guys. Wasn't and, he one of Duncan's like teachers? Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're friends. Ramdas is the overall. Yeah, teacher. no, but I thought he like whenever he first started like studying, like studied with Ragu or under Ragu. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I remember they're, there being a. They're all connected. If you listen to the Ramdas thing, he'll call out Duncan in his intros because he just does an intro and then drops you like yeah. a speech that happened in the seventies. Just to remember, there was like a podcast <laughs> I did with Joe Rogan the first time he brings up Ragu and. Rogan kind of makes fun of the fact yeah, that his he has a Ragu. pasta name. And you can tell Duncan's like a little like hurt by it. He's like, no, it's not like pasta. It's not like pasta. That's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's cute. But at the same time, you can tell Duncan's God like, there's not pasta. It. I'm going to meet that dude. <laughs> Duncan makes me so happy. But yeah, guys, go check out this fucking show. It, it is a mind fuck of a show. It's... I, oddly perfect for what the fuck is going on right now where it's all chaos and we're all just like looking for some sort of semblance of normalcy Mm -hmm. but we're also looking for somebody to be like hey if it's okay or if it's not okay it's gonna be okay and this show does that have never seen the show and you have no idea who duncan is though i would definitely look up duncan trussell on youtube and like watch some of his more popular videos because i feel like if you have any kind of understanding of like his viewpoint on life the you, show you, is that much yeah. more like you, beautiful you have to like yeah i would definitely if you're not like an eastern religion type person which i am um but if you're not like an eastern religion person religion uh religious person um no i had it right the first yeah, time eastern religion, yeah. yeah i definitely look him up and have him like there's a lot of yeah he's got a couple of beautiful speeches that are just stunning like he's done a couple of bits with rogan that like the conversation is just Mm -hmm. like really interesting so he did like a five-hour thing uh the day the the lockdown started and the coronavirus was getting out of control he did the whole episode you know high as fuck in a gas mask (laughs) that was a bit weird talking about you know dimensions and you know (laughs) It, it's a lot to to deal with if it's not what you believe in, and I get that. You know, I I thought it was fucking insane until my brain broke, and then I was like, oh, I was seeing shit that wasn't there. So now there's a lot of shit that I don't see, and it's all there. You know, 
So it makes sense to me. But I, th I think you either have to have a really bad acid trip, which is not how I got there, or a nervous breakdown, which is how I showed up. <laughs> See, I'm not, um, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I, I appreciate the viewpoint of like life having some deeper meaning or there being more beauty to life, even if literally this moment yeah. is all that we have. So for me on my end, like I think... There's still a lot of poetry behind that viewpoint of life because there's still this, like this moment is mm -hmm. precious and this experience is precious. And like, I, I appreciate that. So even if you're not necessarily a religious person, I definitely think it's still worth checking out because yeah. I'm, I'm not a particularly religious person and it's still fascinating yeah, to me. I, I like religion as, you know, thought experiment, you know, see which one makes sense. And this is one that I've been grappling for probably you know, almost four years or coming up on four years of, you know, trying to wrap my head around it. And it's the only one that I've grappled with for four yeah. years, you know, like I, I read about Christianity, you know, you read the Bible and I'm like, yeah, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. But, you know, um, and I try to find the deeper metaphors. Like I've got a copy of the Quran. I've got a copy of the Bhagavad Gita. I've not read the Bhagavad Gita, so I don't even know what I believe in, you know, really. But the concept of being present, present of being the eternal I, like you're only God, but everybody else is only God. So like, don't get lost in the sense that you're the only God. You know? I, I think for me, like the most beautiful thing about like, I guess that type of religion and also simultaneously uh, the show to kind of tie this in together yeah. Um is there are several episodes where they kind of explore like having to come to terms with both life and death and who you are as a person and yeah. like how you're uh, affecting the world. And if you're not willing to learn and grow as a person, you're not advancing, but also like accepting the things that we can't change. So, like the last two episodes in particular, it's like death is coming for us all. That's it. You can't escape it. I so, think that's why they're particularly beautiful in this time where it's, the whole country is coming face to face with a thing that Duncan knows because he's lost both his parents. What I know because I've carried my dead dad out of his bedroom, you know, like this is it this is the oh. final product yeah there's this really beautiful like segue between the last two episodes of that show where um he's talking to death in the seventh episode and death is like basically like you know you have to learn to yeah. appreciate all of these moments and like whenever death comes like appreciate like that moment too and kind of sit with that moment and feel that moment and then whenever in the final episode, he's kind of going through that experience with his mom. There's this beautiful moment where, like I said, they both are aware that his mom is going to die probably yeah. sooner rather than later. And, like, this whole, like, acceptance of death is just a factor of life. And You'll um, be back. Yeah, and, like, her whole thing of, like... She comes back as his baby and watches him grow old. Well, you know? <laughs> well the whole thing at the end when they're both, like... In universe. space, well, they're, when they're both like universes yeah. that are dying, like she's like, even after this moment is over, the love and like the experience and stuff will always be there. So like even once I'm gone, like the love and what we learned from this moment will always exist. And I, I I think that's a really pretty like I said, even if you're not a religious person, like a pretty way to look at life to like appreciate the beauty in each moment. So when these kind of final moments come, they don't feel, I guess, so devastating. Mm -hmm. Like there's still all the beauty behind everything that was. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a pretty show. It's a, it's a hell of a show for sure. I, I'm in love with it. I wish there were, you know, 12 more episodes. I, I, I was talking with you about it last night and I was thinking, you know, like if they wanted to do a second season, if Duncan would allow them to do a second season. Someone outside. We have the door oh, open. I've got that came through both earphones and <laughs> or headphones. I had no fucking idea. It's outside. Uh, we have where the that was open. Um if they were gonna do a second season of this, of course I would love Duncan to continue it just be Duncan, but I was like, they could do so many other comics. They could do Theo fucking Vaughn. Can you imagine that level of oh, animation I behind Theo's. I like, I like Theo. He's like, ain't nothing but dick around here. And it's just a little animated <laughs> oh, Theo fucking riding his no. bicycle. 
trying not to get molested because he's trying to go to heaven. Or you get Joey Diaz. No. Just a whole season of Joey Diaz. I like Just cut from the podcast. I like Theo, but I could not even Joey. I could not do a whole season of either one of them. You don't like Joey. (laughs) No, I don't like Joey at all, to be honest. I love Coco. (laughs) Theo Vaughn is... Theo Vaughn is my middle ground with you. It's can, like it's just absurd enough to where you're like you're I think still... I can watch Joey stand up with you. We've watched Joey stand yeah. up before, but at the same time, he's a little too abrasive for me. Like he's, some of yeah, these, you don't like aggressive. Comics, no, yeah. yeah, and some of these comics are just a little too abrasive for me. My problem with Theo is Theo is so absurd. Sometimes <laughs> it's like I'm like I don't know where this is going. So I feel like if there was a whole season of Theo, it would just be all trippy, and I wouldn't feel the larger metaphor at the yeah, end. Yeah, no, Theo is. <laughs> Theo's not like, over there reckoning, you know, like the death of like, his, you know. Well, Theo's in, he's got an interesting story as well. Like his parents had him way late yeah. in life. So like he grew up with like 80 year old yeah. dad. I'm like, I appreciate Theo's moments when Theo kind of has that like raw, like mm-hmm. he's really letting you in. But a lot of the time Theo's just being kind of silly. Yeah. And like, that's what I appreciate. Long about- live Billy Conforto. <laughs> that's what I appreciate about Duncan he drove though. drove into an embankment and he died. Uh, canceling you this is a podcast um, about other podcasts <laughs> but no that's the thing i appreciate about duncan though is like even when duncan goes off the rails he finally pulls it back into yeah, like yeah, some yeah, larger yeah. metaphor and i'm like oh yeah i relate to that yeah like, like he's got a telling, little tangity for a minute there but i relate he's telling you a story mm-hmm. you know like come along for the ride i promise i'm not gonna waste your time and Theo might just go into absurdity. It's like, just in the episode there. <laughs> and just be like, you know, just trying to get to heaven. You know? <laughs> I do like Theo stand up, though. I do, I do like Theo. He's just a bit of an odd person. <laughs> <laughs> He's got maybe my favorite thing in like stand up in the past like five years is from his special, No Offense, I think is the name of it. Um, but halfway through, he purposely kills the room. It's my favorite moment in a comedy special because he left it in. Um, but he's talking about how weird it is to have a black president, you know, the Barack Obama thing. And then he just drops the line, what are we doing letting the monkeys run the zoo? And it kills the entire room because that's the offensive. most racist thing that offensive. he could possibly say about having a black president. Are they... Pressure washing the front of our house right now? No idea. (laughs) Fucking ATF. (laughs) He drops that line, and I love it. It's horrible. I don't like the line. (laughs) The line is the most offensive thing that he says, but it hits almost perfectly in the middle of his set, and then he has to get the crowd back, which he does rather quickly, and drive him through the rest of the show. Like, that line hurts, like, his next five minutes. But it's perfect, because then it builds to this crescendo of, you know, where he's like, fuck Mississippi, bro. <laughs> oh, boy. I do not condone. Racism. Yeah. I, Let's just throw that out there. Let me just throw this out there. <laughs> Maybe he's a comic. Maybe that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I censor your stuff, too. Ah, fuck it. (laughs) You want to talk about the new assignment? Sure. I feel like the pressure washer is thrown off your... (laughs) You seem so all over the place. I am. I'm I'm, I'm having a good time. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we don't have the formal guidelines typed out yet, so you guys will see those later. Hopefully they're out when you guys hear this. Yeah, and we'll uh, read them on the next podcast whenever they're available. But um, our take-ish on doing a film during the whole pandemic and all that, I guess. Yeah. Um, the concept of the next short film challenge is going to be basically isolation. Mm-hmm. So you have to take a character who is cut off from the rest of the world. So they are the only real character in the film, you can have them talking to inanimate objects or talking to animals or talking to a character. Imaginary people. Yeah, imaginary yeah. people that they don't maybe necessarily realize aren't real people. You but have they... to make them not real by the end of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, by the end of the film, the only real character in your film has to be the main character. 
And um, to kind of amplify this sense of being cut off and alone, we're going to do Minimal Light. So a film that's kind of dimly lit and dark and kind of just feels very isolating and alone so that your character feels completely cut off. Yeah. Um, uh, no specific guidelines on story or um, location or anything like that. It's... If you're still on lockdown, please be responsible. Um, the most responsible way, and if you want an isolated character, is to stay with shoot one it inside of your fucking house. Yeah, <laughs> stay with one location. But yeah, the premise is that the character is cut off from the world, so no calling loved ones or any of that shit. You know, like just because the character isn't physically on screen, it still counts. You can't have them yeah. call up mom or whatever. Can't have character B. Yeah. So the premise is a character that's isolated, alone, kind of in the dark by themselves and what that feels like and what that looks like. And again, if you find a way to turn that into an upbeat, happy thing, we're not um, specifically discriminating against happy films. Don't expect it from me. I'm still the one (laughs) writing the scripts because you fuckers are not sending us scripts. (laughs) Yeah, ours are always going to be a little bit darker if you find a way to turn this into some kind of happy thing, whatever. But um, yeah, let's... We'd like to see what it looks like in your mind when a character is cut off from the rest of the world and what that feels like. Yeah. Well, I think that's the most beautiful part about this particular homework assignment is I want to see what it looks like for other people. I know how I feel. Mm -hmm. I'm paranoid as fuck. I, I, I came into this as a unmedicated person with bipolar disorder. Um we're technically essential workers so it's like every day we go to work and we might die you know like so <laughs> i'm I, i'm i want to see the viewpoint of a person who's like it's all okay you know like everything's gonna be fine you know um uh, sure i can't go anywhere but I was left with a trust fund, you know, <laughs> somebody who's just well, I... chilling or somebody at home has got two mouths to feed and, you know, they, they're trying to just support their family and now they can't, you know, yeah. there's so many different layers to what's going on in the world right now or last week. Cause I'm sure it's not a problem, <laughs> um, sure. but you can't leave your house. Or if you can, you're fucking terrified of bringing home whatever it is. So isolate your character. And I think for me, that's definitely... Isolate them at... That would be an interesting move. You isolate them at work. Like if you get a cool warehouse shot, you know, like your local grocery store or whatever you're like hey i know that all this shit's fucked up but can i borrow your back room be responsible don't be a shithead walk yeah but you could have an actor you know walk through at a six foot distance you know people unpacking pallets you know there's a way to you know what i mean like they're not characters because they're off screen kind of people you could isolate you can't have them interacting but you could isolate with a six foot distance is that maybe that's the move like no direct contact any character on screen maybe the whole point of this whole we're kind of workshopping this as we go well the whole point of this whole series that we're doing is to see kind of how you interpret it and kind of how we interpret it so yeah as long as you're following the basic guidelines yeah you can have i guess other people kind of passing by but the character can't interact with them yeah like there can't be character yeah. b and i i feel like for me the most ideally interesting thing about this challenge is that in some way even the essential workers we've all felt like this isolation during um you know everything that's going on like yeah, we can't hug we can't shake hands can't high five can't yeah, fist well, bump can't sit at the same table you yeah know. even if you've got like a family you go home to every night or if you're you know one of the people that have been laid off and you can't leave your house like there's still that sense of like i might die for 11 dollars well, an hour you can't go <laughs> to the restaurant to enjoy like a dinner with your family for the weekend you can't yeah. go see your aunts and uncles you can't go see your friends you know that live out of state or whatever you know so there's all this um like even if it's not literally you're by yourself there's all these comforts that we're used to having that we're kind of cut off from and like i've um brett and i are like you said both essential workers so i've been going to work 
you know, for 40 hours every week still, but at the same time, like, the sense of going to the grocery store and don't touch anyone, don't talk to anyone, like, keep to yourself is a very panicked feeling to have. The most, you know, human contact we have outside of, you know, our relationship inside of this apartment is, like, me waving to people as they pass by, you know, like on a rural road. You know, if I'm out and there's an old dude, you know, driving his pickup, I might, you know, flip him. You know, like a, a quick hand wave. And it's like, that's the most I can have with a stranger, you know? <laughs> so I think on some level, we've all kind of felt what it feels like to be a little cut off during all of this. So yeah, like whatever your interpretation of surviving, being isolated feels like. Awkward silence. It's not awkward. <laughs> Pouring a beer. Stanhope would say, "Pour more funny down my face." Shut up. (laughs) I think it's brilliant. I'm I'm very excited to get to work. I've got a couple of ideas as to how I want to do it. I can't tell you guys because I can't reveal my magic tricks (laughs) when it comes to the writing or the muse will move from me to you because you're probably smarter than I am. But I think I'm probably going to have to draw up a few drafts on this one as well. So I might wind Draft up like we did. Four. Yeah, it's like, I know what I want to say, and that's not it. You know, uh, this one that comes out, I might give you guys all three drafts. And they're entirely different films. Yeah. But they, they circle around a key concept, and it's like watching blood go down the drain. You know? <laughs> You're like, I know what I want to do. And a part of the first one wound up in the second one, and most of the second one wound up in the third one, but it's a completely different story. Like, I knew that I had these things, but it's not like I have a lot of time to come up with the concept. Like, we came up with the concept today. I'll likely have a first draft by the next time we record this in three days, and that's about as fast as I have to move on these. So it's like I, I need to bang out... You know, like a six, ten page, you know, somewhere in there script about a dude who is alone in his apartment. I believe in you. I believe in me, too, because I, I, I never miss. But <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 modest Cormac McCarthy <laughs> needs my phone number because I need to call that boy up. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I did finish uh, the Outliers. I, f- I forgot. I was I was about to call it the Outsiders, and I was like, "That's a completely <laughs> different, work. completely different book." I'm not Pony Boy, uh, <laughs> but I finished the Outliers, and I started Cities of the Plain. The Outliers uh, being kind of like a self help book. It's it has an interesting chapter. <laughs> It, I mean, it's an interesting study, but he makes his point in the first chapter, and you know, the rest of it's just examples of his thesis statement, which it's not hard to wrap your head around, I guess, for me, the thesis. But if you know, you're thinking about having kids, or if you've got young kids and you're trying to figure out how to line them up, that might be your book. You know, you can go find that one. Uh, but I started Cities of the Plain which is uh, the finals of the Border Trilogy. Cormac McCarthy, my boy. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for you. I, I haven't read You left me you. with nothing at the end of the conversation <laughs> about the homework assignment. So I was like, hey, I've finished yeah, the well, book. I started I did my a new part, book. so carry the load. <laughs> We're going to start and end on load jokes because <laughs> we started off talking about beating the meat. And now you say, give me the load. <laughs> you can find us over at Facebook at facebook.com slash nightmareboxproductions um, more importantly before we cut this off um, there's a brilliant website that I found today called saveyourbookstore.com uh, I don't know where you guys live I don't know how often you read but there's this thing I found out about you know reading articles today SaveYourBookstore.com. It's all your little local bookstores, not your Barnes and Nobles, but your Shakespeare and Co. Um, that we have here in town. So you can continue ordering those books online. Uh, don't lose those little shops. I, even if you don't go to them, you know, I like to go to mine. 
Uh, I like to go to Barnes and Noble as well. I'm not like an anti-corporatist fuckhead. I I try to shop local, and if they don't have in stock what I want, I go to the big place. Um, hit up that website and try to keep those shops alive because those guys are are really going through it. They live in a place where Donald Trump is president. Nobody's reading fucking physical books anymore. Uh, they're trying to keep a bookshop afloat, uh, and then they can't keep the concrete building open. But a lot of these places are delivering. I found places in Edinburgh that I could order from, places in New Mexico, Virginia, the one here in Missoula is on there. Um, like thousands of local bookshops. Just keep those guys alive. And when this opens back up, don't kill those guys because they're normally like 85 and they're just, they really love reading. <laughs> so uh, see if see if your local bookstore is on there. But anyway, you can find us over at YouTube at youtube.com slash nightmareboxproductions. Or Instagram at, at nightmareboxproductions. Where else can you find us? Twitter is at nightmareboxpro. The website, which you were eternally forgetting, is the nightmarebox.blog. <laughs> and if you go over there right now, you can. Go over to the top right-hand side and watch the dolls, or you can click on Kristen's uh, movie section, and you can watch Happy Birthday as well. Uh, you can go over and look at all the pictures that Kristen takes while we're doing these things. Did, is the blooper reel on there yet? Or I don't know gonna... if it's on the website. I know it's on the YouTube, though. Can we put it on the website by the time this comes out? Yeah. There's Fantastic. also scripts on there for the movies. Yeah, so you can you wanna... see what I handed Kristen before she made the film. Um, if you guys want to remake the film, they're titled Man and Woman, so you just need man and woman to <laughs> make the film. Um, send us everything that you make, you know? Like, if you want to be a part of the homework assignment, please be a part of the homework assignment. I, I would love to start a community, especially right now when I... I finally came up with a plan for how I was going to build my writing workshop, and I can't go to the brewery. <laughs> so, I don't know, love. You got anything else? The email. The email. Reach out to us at nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Goddamn right. You want to go beat your meat? I'm going to go beat my meat. <laughs> Making chicken parmesan for my future wife. No, I love you. Love you more. And I can't wait until enough people have died that the government opens us back. Oh, no, they're, I'm oh, I'm no, they're phasing back up opening here. Oh, so. don't do that. It's not a good idea. Just, well, we can get married before they shut everything down I'm a again. libertarian. I'm not going anywhere. But we can get married uh, in the Right interim. before they close yeah. everything right back down. But I, I can't wait to be married to start a family with you i can't to live on our own 90 acre plot of land and not talk to anyone exactly like <laughs> I, i'm very proud of us me too and learned I a lot i love you a shitload love you more I, 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 that's not a shitload uh, i bought you a cool poster so <laughs> i think i love you more about the groceries <laughs> <laughs> I risked COVID-19 twice today. I went and got him. One to make a blood side effect. Mm. And I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> and I can't find the button. Don't fucking throw shit at me. I'm trying to figure out how to fuck it. All right. Get your shit together. Bye-bye.